The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 11th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us, and do not bring us to the time of trial. And he also said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, let me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, Do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children and I are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give anything because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And everyone who searches, finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there any among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If then you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, o Christ. Please be seated. First of all, thank you for your wonderful welcome to me this morning. It's great to see some friends in the audience. A couple of months ago, when Judy Evans asked me to preach this Sunday, my life looked a little different. I had planned to speak about my involvement with the Afghan family being resettled in Portsmouth, how it happened, current issues, and more. Three weeks ago, my husband Peter and I were just beginning the last week of our vacation at his family's house in Midcoast, Maine, near Damariscotta. He got sick on July 3rd, and on the 4th of July, at Miles Memorial Hospital in Damariscotta, he had emergency abdominal surgery to remove an intestinal blockage. He was immediately whisked off to Maine Medical Center in Portland by a helicopter. It was touch and go for a while in the ICU. Peter was on a ventilator, a constant dialysis machine, and hooked up to monitors, and all sorts of bags pumping medicine into him. I'm happy to say that thanks to excellent medical care and countless, countless healing prayers, he's now on the mend. 
but life is a little different for me. Since all this happened, I have been in Portland a good part of every day. Because of this, I've taken a temporary leave of absence from my leadership role with Team Seacoast until things settle down a bit. I've been following emails, but have not been following through on said emails. So I may not be the best person to answer those specific questions you may have. Instead, this morning I'd like to talk about the fine art of welcoming the stranger, of offering true and deep hospitality to those who, on the surface anyway, are very different from us. Unlike some of you in this congregation, this is my first time working with immigrants, and I have found this a challenge over the past six months. The members of our Afghan family, the Kybers, are delightful. They are glad to be safe here in New Hampshire, and they are unfailingly hospi hospitable. Every time you visit, they offer green tea and something sweet. I believe they truly want to make this country their new home. But their culture is radically different than ours. Their food, their faith, their ideas about family, their ideas about finance, language, hospitality, how men and women relate. It's all very different from the way we live here in America. So I have struggled to find ways of truly welcoming these wonderful people to our area. Before and after they arrived, I watched videos about Afghan culture. I read about the effects of trauma. I read articles about Islamic traditions and practices. I even tried to learn their language, Pashto. That was not very successful, but it did give me new insight into just how hard it must be for, the, for our Afghan friends to learn our language. I really tried to live into Jesus' words in Matthew 25, and I know you all know this passage. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. I tried, but I often caught myself sounding kind of bossy, like a parent of a teenager. I found myself judging our new friends and getting frustrated when things didn't happen the way I wanted. I think I was trying to turn them into Americans, like me, and it wasn't working. My vacation began in early June. It was a relief. Maybe I just needed some time off to rest and to pray about this. Then three weeks ago, Peter got sick and our lives turned upside down. After the first week, those daily hour-long drives from Durham to Portland and back got to be too much, so I asked for help. In the asking, I found friends willing to drive me, but I was also invited to stay at a beach house closer to Portland. Portland. There, framed on the wall, I discovered some wise words from an old friend, Henri Nouwen. It was his take on hospitality. Here's what he said. 
Hospitality means primarily the creation of a free space where the stranger can enter and become a friend instead of an enemy. Hospitality is not to change people, but to offer them space where change can take place. The paradox of hospitality is that it wants to create emptiness, not a fearful emptiness, but a friendly emptiness where strangers can enter and discover themselves as created free, free to sing their own songs, speak their own languages, dance their own dances. Hospitality is not a subtle invitation to adore the lifestyle of the host, but the gift of a chance for the guest to find his own. Aha, our work as a people who welcome strangers is not to change people, but to offer them space where change can take place. This was what I was missing. Yes, of course, there are boundaries around that space. Here's an example. Khalid, our family's husband and dad, worked as a taxi driver for a while in Kabul. In the course of teaching him to drive here, our team Seacoast volunteers learned that in Afghanistan, there aren't many signs on the road. You just need to know where you're going, and then you go. Here, we have many road signs and lots of rules of the road that must be followed, or else. All this has been hard for him to learn and remember, especially since English is so new to him. Those signs go by really quickly when you're at highway speeds. As Khalid struggles to learn to drive in this country, our volunteers are there to encourage, suggest solutions that might work, and accompany him on his road to, this, to a valid driver's license. Within those boundaries, there must be that friendly emptiness that Nowen speaks about, a space where our new neighbors may have the freedom to weave the strands of their Afghan traditions into the fabric of their new life here as it unfolds in this country. Our job as Team Seacoast is to accompany them on this journey, offering encouragement on the way and guidance when asked, and be open to the ways these new Afghan friends may change us as we journey together. As I ponder Nowen's words, they also seem to provide a way forward as rebuild and reform our churches post-pandemic. It's clear to me that we will not be the same as we were in early 2020. What do you all think? As we live out the words of Matthew 25, let's all stay open to these new songs, the new dances that we'll see, hear, and learn as we welcome others near and far to join us. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from Holy Trinity Evangelical Lutheran Church in Newington, New Hampshire, part of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. You can find us at htelc.com. And don't forget, you are loved.